It's God's word. We're going to study it today. And, uh, and I would like you to go to Exodus chapter 6 today, if you don't mind. I love to study and I love to preach, okay? And um, I love to bring God's word and bring it to your hearts. But I've got to tell you, it's powerful when a sermon just drops into my heart. Okay, I, I can have a sermon and you go through the motions, but all of a sudden Thursday of this last week I was studying and all of a sudden it just dropped in my heart. And it's like, I mean, yeah, it was in my heart, but it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that's for me. That's, that's a good one, you know. And so I'm so excited today and uh, to just bring you God's word. Now, if any of you are um, American history bus or, you know, World War II, you know, um, you study World War II and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I'm going to bring you something that maybe you'll, you'll remember, some of you that have studied that. The year was 1943, and slowly the Allied uh, forces were squeezing the Germans out of um, uh, North Africa. Okay, so some of you that know history. And from the east, the British forces sent the Nazi tanks reeling in retreat uh, across the Libyan desert. And from the west... The Americans under Patton, they moved east from Casablanca and the Algiers, and they eventually trapped the, the Germans in Tunisia, and it was a, the first great Allied victory uh, of World War II. And it was interesting, six months earlier, Winston Churchill, uh, he had spoken to England about the campaign in North Africa, and these were his words, and very interesting. He said, this is not the end, it is not the beginning of the end, it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Now, what was he trying to say there? There's probably a lot more coming. You know, there's probably a lot more battles that are going to come. And um, so this is the eighth message that we're going to do in Moses. And I think I have two or th maybe one or two or three, maybe more in the tank. I'm not sure. You know, that's kind of coming forward. And it's not the end of the story because as we study about Moses... You know, we're just finding that more and more God is just creating more and more things for him to, to happen. And when you meet Moses, okay, uh, this is not the end of the story or even the beginning of the end, but it's the end of the beginning. There's just a lot more to come in this guy's life. Now, when we first met Moses, okay, he was a baby in the bulrushes, okay? And um, as someone once said, that Moses started out as a basket case. Okay, so uh, I want you to get that today, you know, and it'll kind of help you. Then he starts running for his life, and uh, then he was a shepherd in the desert, and then God met him at this burning bush, okay? And, um, and as we leave him, he's about ready to face down Pharaoh and, and deliver the people of Israel. And we've traced his, uh, uh, his rise from obscurity into this prominence, and and we, more, we now know him more than this larger-than-life uh, hero, you know, not just a, a piece of marble that has been cut out, to, you know, by Michelangelo. You know, now we know him as this. He's more than we could ever have dreamed of. God is going to use this man. He comes out of obscurity, and God wants to use this man. And so we are now at, we come to the end of the beginning in, the, in a sense that, there's just a lot more that's going to happen in this guy's life. He doesn't even know all the stuff that's going to happen in his life. So if you're taking notes today or if you can go to youversion.com, uh, it'll take you to uh, more than events and you can pull up the outline today. 
And the thing that I want to write down first here is this, the first point, is a final encouragement. And we're going to be in Exodus chapter 6. And I, I want you just to see this encouragement that's given. Now, Moses in chapter 5 complained. Anybody in this room complain? Okay. Just three of us today, you know. Uh, you know, anybody in this room complain? You know, you ever just complain about life? You know, wah, wah, wah. You know, and here we are. And so Moses is complaining in chapter 5 that they're, you know, basically it's this. God, ever since you called me to do this, I've had nothing but trouble. Have you ever just said, God, I'm just doing what you're telling me to do, and all I've had is trouble? And, uh, and God's answer, you know, and Moses was basically saying, well, what are you thinking, Lord? You know, why, why do you got me in this? And God's answer is, says, Moses, you didn't fail. You just did what I told you to do. And that's all God asks any of us is just do what God tells you to do. And he says, you let me take care of the results. And so I want you to go to Exodus chapter 6. And, um, and I want you to go to verse number 1. And, and notice what it says here. Exodus chapter 6, verse number 1. It says, then the Lord told Moses, and, and I like this. He says, now you will see. How many have waited and waited and waited and waited for a promise to come? And then all of a sudden the Lord just says, okay, now's the time. Now you're going to see. Isn't that kind of a comforting type of word? You know, all the things you've been promised, all the things that you've been praying for, all the things that you've been, you know, in your prayer closet praying for. He says, now is the time. Now you're going to see. And I, I have that underlined in my Bible. It's like, now you're going to see. And, and this is, he says, now I, you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. And when he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let my people go. In fact, everybody say in fact. Okay, he will force them to leave. And he's going to leave the land. They're going to leave the land. Now, the time has come for God to lay, uh, lay bare his arm of divine omnipotence. And Psalms 136, verse 12, kind of alludes to this. And notice what it says. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. And his faithful love, read it with me, please. His faithful love endures forever. And Pharaoh, I want you to know, is no match for the Almighty God. You know, as some wise man once said, it says, your arms are too short to box with God. You know, they're too short to box with God. It's like, you know, what do you, you know, it's like you see these guys, these bigger guys, they're just kind of holding the little guy off and he's swinging his arms. And God says, you know what, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. God's going to flick you know, Pharaoh off, uh, you know, off his back, just like a flea off a horse's backside, you know, and it's not going to be any big deal because God says, I can do it. And so that's a promise from Almighty God and that Moses would deliver the people, the Jews. And, and when you come down to it, only God could do that. Some of you have impossible situations right now that you're going through. And you're just saying, I don't know how God's going to do that. And when I was praying with these legislators, I think there's 14 uh, Republican legislators that, and there's like 55 uh, Democratic legislators. And, these, and they were saying, Pastor, pray for us. We need wisdom what to do in California. And I'm, man, I'm praying and, and I'm thinking, God, somewhere along the line, you're going to hear our prayers and you're going to topple the, the unrest, the evilness that, that's there, the things that they're deciding that is not, not good. And so 
but Moses, God wants Moses to see the, the answers now. And I wrote in my notes that I think this is really important. It's man's extremity is God's opportunity. And sometimes we have to just get to the end of ourselves in order for us to say that, God, we're ready for you to come and intervene in our life. And so Moses is going to have this ring seat, ringside seat with God. And, uh, and when God gets done with Moses or uh, with Pharaoh, Pharaoh's not only going to let him go, he's going to drive him out of the country. Okay? Not only, he's, he, at this point, he's been saying, no, no, no. But all of a sudden, Pharaoh's going to get, you guys get out of here because I don't even want you around anymore. And Israel's God will utterly defeat this tyrant. And the Lord backs it up with a series of statements. Now, it's kind of interesting. We're not going to go through the whole chapter, but down in verses 6 through 8. Um, well, first off, you have the I am's of the Lord. There's three times, verse 6, verse 2, and verse number 8. He says, I am the Lord. Everybody say that with me. I am the Lord. He backs it up with this statement, I am God. And some of you need just to remember who God is today. You need to remember that God is the one who's in charge. God is the one who's, who's speaking life into your situation. You need to remember that your impossible situation is only at the mercy of God's hand right now today. And not only did he say these I am statements, it's kind of interesting. And I'll, I'll come back, and, but I want to read it and I'll come back. There's seven I will statements. Notice this, verse 6. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will free you from and rescue from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgments. I will claim you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Come on. And God has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will bring you into the land that I swore, you know, that it says, I will give it to you as your very own possession. Notice that. I'll, I'll free you from oppression. How many would like to just say, God, just free me from oppression that's going on? You know, he says, I'm going to rescue you from slavery. I'm going to redeem you as a, uh, with a powerful arm. I'm going to claim you as my own people. You know, I'll be your God. I'll bring you into the land. And I'm going to give it to you as your possession. And some of you, you know, you're praying and you're praying and you're praying. And God says, you know what? I want you to get ready because your answer is about ready to come about. I want you to get ready for that impossible situation in your life because I'm about ready to rescue you. I'm about ready to set you free. I'm about ready to take the oppression off you. I'm about ready to be your God and show you who I, I am in your life. Yeah. And some of us are like, oh, yeah, yeah, God, you know, you, know, you said that you would do that. You do it. But you know what? I don't want to be like Peter who the church, they were praying for him to get out of prison. And when he gets out and goes and knocks on the door, they slam the door on him because they weren't really believing he was going to get out of prison. And I want to declare to you that these statements lead to this inevitable conclusion that because of the Lord is the Lord, he's going to keep his promise in my life. Because the Lord is the Lord, when he makes a promise, it will happen. Because the Lord is the Lord, when he makes a promise, you can take it to the bank that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in your life. Come on, church. You know, what does that mean for me and you today? You and I, however that works. You know, but here it is. How many know the spirit of Pharaoh is very alive today? 
He's there with his arrogance, his disdain. He wants, you, he wants nothing to do with the power of God, your God. There are people when you just bring up God's name, man, they just, I don't want anything to do. Don't talk to me about God. But I want you to see this, and I want you to remember this, that pharaohs come and go. But the word of the Lord stands strong today. Come on. You just need to know that. Pharaohs come and go. Friends will fall us, come, fail us. How many know that friends will fail you? You know, how many know that loved ones disappoint us? You know, how many know that our dreams vanish? And people we trust, they'll even turn against us. But the word of the Lord stands forever today. The word of the Lord stands forever. You can count on that today. I am the Lord. I will touch you. I will rescue you. I will free you and give you the freedom you need in your life. And I say, amen. amen. You know, we need a big God. We need a big God to deal with our problems. And when you stand before Pharaoh, a small God is not going to do. And when tragedy strikes in your life, I'm going to tell you, you need a big God of the Bible that's going to stand up for you and stand up for what you believe in and stand up for righteousness in your life. We need a miracle of God in our life right now. And I need to depend on the God of gods, the God Almighty, to say God is in charge and he hasn't lost his power. Hallelujah. You know, when we, we need a God whose name is the Lord. We need to get to know our God. And his power, it's the only way you're going to get through life. Now, notice this final question. You know, you might think that Moses' self-doubt is in his past. And has anybody ever doubted? <laughs> you know, should I do this? Should I, you know, pray here? Should I do this? And we've all doubted. But Moses' doubt, you know, you think it'd be in his past, but that would be wrong. Because after all God has done to assure him, Moses still battles inner demons. Now, how many know God has said, us free, but how many of us still have to deal with inner demons that just come up? Anybody ever have to deal with insecurity? You know, gosh, it's like, anybody ever have to deal with depression? You know, you deal with, you know, it's like, oh, come on. Well, look at verse number 12, 9. Go down with me to verse number 9. And look at uh, verses 9 through 12. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said. It's kind of interesting. But they refused to listen no more. They had become too discouraged. Now, I want to just stop right there because there's a lot of Christians that have become too discouraged. They can't hear God anymore. They can't hear his voice anymore. They're discouraged. And you know what? They, be, they have become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. And then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave the country. Now, Moses did what a lot of us do. And notice what he says. Everybody say it with me. But, but Lord, come on, say it like, but Lord, yeah. Anybody have questions and, you know, and doubts once in a while? You know, but Lord, Moses objected. My own people won't listen to me anymore. And how can I expect Pharaoh to listen? And watch what he says here. I'm such a clumsy speaker. <laughs> Any, anybody ever just feel clumsy? You know, and anybody ever just feel clumsy with your speech? 
It's like, you know, it's like, you know, you're trying to get it out. And, you know, it's like, you ever try to say something succinctly to people? And it's like, the more you talk, the worse it gets. Any of you married couples, you know, try to just try to try to say it like it is and, you know, try to get it out. And, you know, the more you talk, the worse, the worse trouble you're in, you know. And, um, and he says, I'm such a clumsy speaker. Now, why didn't the people believe Moses when he reported what God had said? And I'm going to tell you, because God was given glorious promises. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you and all that kind of stuff. But the text tells us here that they just didn't want to listen because they were discouraged. And I want to just look at that, verse 9. And so the people told, the, 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 uh, Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord said. They refused to listen. They had become too discouraged. And, and who could blame them? You know, they had endured year after year of heartbreaking labor and forced slavery. They were worn down. And how many know that, you know, you will be, if you're discouraged, you know, and you're going through a lot of problems, it, it, the discouragement just gets worse and worse. And anybody just feel like you just get wore down by life? You know, it's like, oh, man, it's like I'm doing so good, but it's like, how many know the, the enemy has a bunch of joy suckers out there? You know, and you come, you come out there and, you know, you, I've got the joy of the Lord. Praise God, I've got the joy of the Lord. And there's people out there, you know, they're sucking your joy. You want me to do that again? You know, that's the way it is. And, you know, and fatigue, I'm going to tell you, it makes cowards of us all. You know, you're wore out, you're tired. It's like, man, I can't do this anymore, God. I need, I need help. I need strength. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to come through. But I want you to notice God's response to their unbelief. It's as if nothing mattered at all. He tells Moses, he says, verse 11, he says, go tell Pharaoh to let my people. I don't care how you feel, Moses. <laughs> Just go tell him to let my people go. Just do what I told you to do. Don't, don't complain. I, I'm kind of like this with God sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm just dragging my feet. Anybody drag your feet when it comes to God? Anybody whine? Come on, anybody just whine? It's like, ah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And we're whining, and, and God is just saying, just go do what I told you to do. You know, and, and God's plans, let me tell you, it doesn't depend on your faith. You know, it doesn't. And, and, and God's, you know, it, it, how many know if it depended on our faith, there would be no miracles ever? So God says, don't worry about people. Don't worry about what they're saying. You know, just do what I'm telling you to do. So Moses doesn't want to talk to Pharaoh. I can understand that. I wouldn't either. Why would Pharaoh not listen to him if the Jews won't? And, uh, and it's an honest question. And after all that's happened, or why would Pharaoh listen to him? And after all that's happened, two things are true, okay? One, the people still doubt Moses. But here's the other thing. Moses still doubts himself. And, and some of you, you've had all the blessings of God and the favor of God and the promises of God, and you're still doubting yourself. You know, how can I do this? God, you're telling me to do this. And, you know, Lord, and, and we all have excuses. I stumble, I stutter, I, I, I mess up. You know, 
How many of us have messed up on Saturday night and we're here on Sunday to worship God? Come on. You know, and, and it's like, and how many know that, you know, so the people still doubt God. Moses doubts himself and, or the people still doubt Moses. And it shouldn't surprise us because people are the same everywhere. I, I don't care if I go to this church or I spoke a couple weeks ago at Dowda's church. The people, people are the same. We all have the same issues. You know, and you know, how many know we're all fickle? Come on. We're all quick to forget. You know, we're all quick to blame others when it goes wrong in our life. How many have ever done that? You know, you got problems in your life and the best thing to do is blame somebody else. It's what Adam did. It's that woman you gave me. It's the woman's fault. How'd that go for him? And nothing is ever as easy as it seems. And so Moses, the issue comes down to one central question. Will he just believe what God has said? And God's answer, it's kind of interesting, comes in the form of a genealogy. And you can read this down there in verses 13 through 27. And, and in these verses, we have this short genealogy that gives a bit of Reuben and Simeon's history. And then he goes into great detail about the sons of Levi because both Moses and Aaron were Levites. And what's the point of the ge genealogy? You know, God was trying to remind them that I have called you for such a time as this. I was reading the book of Esther today and uh, coming across that story where Esther, you know, her uncle comes to her and says, God has called you for such a time as this to lead. And some of you just think, oh, you know, I don't know how I can do it. But I'm going I'm to tell you, God is reminding them for such a time as this. And we already know that Moses wrestled with this tremendous doubt. And his first encounter with, with Pharaoh was a disaster. Come on, how many remember it was a disaster? And God reminds his men that they were his men. Look, at I put my hand on you. You're going to win. You're going to win. Look how he does it, verse 26, or verse 27. And it was Moses and Aaron who spoke to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, about leading the people. You know, God is saying, I put my hand on Moses and Aaron to speak to Pharaoh about leading the people. He says, Moses, you're my man. You know, Moses, this is the right time, the right place. Uh, now, some of you you know, we'll remember 1980, okay? Gosh, 42 years ago. Can you believe that? Is that right, 42 years ago? And, um, you know, and, and here we are. I, I'm, go I'm going back to the Olympics in 1980, okay? And I remember where I was. I remember when it happened. And I was at church, and I was like, I'm trying to preach, and the uh, Americans are playing the Russians in, in uh, men's hockey, okay? And I'm just, like, I'm all amped up, okay? Anybody remember that? Did you go back far enough to remember that? And I'm all amped up because, you know, the Americans had, had won, and they were playing the Russians. And, you know, the Russians had a professional team. You know, it's, the Americans had a bunch of kids. And... Um, and so the Russians had these professional guys. They were expected to win. They were pros. And they were, according to everybody, destined to win. They were the four-time defending champions of the gold medalists. And no one gave the Americans a chance. And in the locker room before the game, Coach Herb Brooks, he looked at the players knowing that they were overmatched. 
you know, and this is interesting. You know, David Dalla just sent me a message says, that's called the miracle on ice. So I just got a text message. And I, Dave, I see that. Okay. But here it is. And, and what happens, he comes in there and says, men, you were born to play this game. He gave them the speech of speech. They go out, they beat the Russians, and then they go on to beat the Finland people, okay? The, the Finnish team, uh, you know, the hockey team, and they won the gold medal. And I'll never forget that, you know, that, you know, they're going around the ice rink with their American flag. And I still get goosebumps just to think about it because they were not destined to win that. The Russians were. And let me just tell you, that's what God is saying to Aaron and Moses. It says, don't be afraid of Pharaoh. You know, don't be afraid of what anybody says because you were born for this. You were born for that. God has destined you today. You were born for great things. You were born, you were born to do great miracles. You were born to go out and touch the world. You were made to do mighty things for God. And you say, well, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, we just came through COVID and, you know, I kind of lost my steam and things. But I'm telling you, don't worry about what the world has said. God has said that he has called you for a purpose and a plan. He He's called you to anoint you today. He's called you to go out and do the things that God has called you to do. We need men and women to stand up and be strong and mighty and know that God has called me for such a purpose as this. Hallelujah. And so that's what God was telling Moses. And I want to just tell you all the same thing. You were born for courage. You were born for bravery. You were born for strength. You were born to be an overcomer. You know, if God has called you into his family, I'm going to tell you, if God has gave you a spirit, if God declared you righteous, if God seated you in the heavenly places, if God has put his name upon you, then God is going to give you whatever you need to go out and do whatever God wants you to do. And nothing will be withheld. Come on. If you need strength today, God will give you strength. You know, if you need endurance, how many know that God can give you endurance from the race? Some of you are getting a little older, and I pray, God, help me get through this day. Come on, how many of you ever pray that one? Thank you for getting me through the night. I woke up, you know, and God, help me to get through this day. Thank you for your guidance, God. You know, how many know that you need guidance? I need, praise God for those legislators that called me this morning and said, pray for us, Pastor. You know, pray for us. If you need power to speak for Jesus when the time comes, man, I'm going to tell you, you're going to go out, you're going to open your mouth, and God says, I'll fill it. Wow. And if Moses had such good, godly heritage, how much greater is the heritage of all of us today in this room? You can do whatever God has called you to do, and that doesn't mean it'll be quick or it'll be easy or always enjoyable. <laughs> You know, how many know it just gut and grind sometimes? But God says, when I call you, I'll answer you, and I'll do great and mighty things in your life. Can you, can you say amen to this right here? I got to tell you, this sermon really dropped into my spirit this week. I was preaching to myself. Oh, yeah, you go get it, man. God, amen. Praise God to your, you know, God is speaking to you. Now, I want to give you a final promise here, and we're going to jump down to chapter 7, okay? Now, God says... Three things to Moses, specific things. One, he says, I'm going to make you like God to Pharaoh. That's pretty powerful, and I'll talk about that in a minute. He says, I'm going to, all, I'm going to harden his already hardened heart, and then I'm going to bring my people out of Egypt. 
And at the end of chapter 6, okay, Moses repeats his question to the Lord. He says, well, why would even Pharaoh listen to me? And here's the answer. Verse 1. He says, I'm going to make you like God to Pharaoh. Now, Moses wasn't going in his own power or his own name. He says, you're going to go in the name of Almighty God. You're going to go in Yahweh's power, Yahweh's anointing. And Moses is going to represent Almighty God, the creator of the universe. And he didn't have to be um, clever or ingenious or glib. He didn't, have to, he, he didn't even have to speak to Pharaoh because he gave him Aaron. And I, I just want to tell you that God is going to send you out of this room today. And some of you today, he's going to put you in situations. And God is going to give you the power and anointing of God that when you're in that situation, you're going to be like a representative of who God is. That I come, you know, like David with the slings. He says, I don't come, you know, my power. But, you know, and I'm just saying it the way I think it is. But I think he said something like this. I come to you in the name of the power of God, the Father, God, the power of the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And then he let go of that stone. Moses didn't need to be clever or ingenious, but God gave him that power. You just go and just do what I tell you to do. God will tell Moses what to say. Moses would tell Aaron, and Aaron would just uh, speak to Pharaoh. And whatever problems Moses had with his speech, come on. Moses said, I stutter. And he says, don't worry about it. He says, I'm going to give you someone who's going to do the talking. And... Um, Moses only had one job. Tell Aaron whatever God told you. Aaron is to tell Pharaoh. It was the perfect solution. And I, and I just want to say, just be faithful, faithful, faithful. You know, and God will be what? Fruitful in your life. God will harden, was going to harden Pharaoh's already hardened heart. So that he will refuse to let the people go. And, and when we get together in a couple weeks on this, we're going to look at the... Um, the, 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 the different plagues that took place and the rebellious heart that Pharaoh had. And the, the, we're going to look at the difference. The, the, um, here, I'm stuttering here right now. But we're going to look at the characteristics of a stubborn heart. Because how many know in this room that we all have stubborn hearts? And so, but I don't want you to pass over what God says in verse 5. And I like this. He says, when I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites... And, and read it with me. I want you to read that last verse. He says, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Man, people think we're getting away with everything. I think California thinks, oh, we're just getting away. We're just doing whatever we're going to do. God is going to allow California to get smashed to the ground. And eventually, we're going to come back to God. And we're going to have revival that's going to take place. And let me just tell you today that there is a... A, a move of God out there and people that are wicked and walking in wickedness think they're going to get away with it. But he says, I'm going to finally raise my powerful hand and I'm going to bring out the Israelites. And he says, and the Egyptians, okay, let's just put our name in there. The state of California is going to know it. The, you know, the, the government of the USA is going to know it. The world's going to know it, that God is on the throne. Don't ever think that God is not on the throne anymore. 
And the truth that saves some condemns others. And by his mighty hand, he brings down the strong and he lifts up the weak. Come on, church. And God's name is exalted. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, when God's name is exalted, there's going to be people that are going to be saved and there's people that are going to perish. But God's name is going to have the last word. Now, here's the final statement about Moses and Aaron, verse 6 and 7. So Moses and Aaron did, everybody say the word did, okay, just as the Lord had commanded them. I would just like that to be said about me. He just did what God wanted him to do. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 and they made their demands on Pharaoh. And it was all to the credit, it is all to their credit that Moses and Aaron obeyed the Lord. And Moses had plenty of objections. We do too. But what matters is not his objection or ours. It's just that we obey. Okay? And then look at this final obedience. Verses 6 through 13. Now they go before Pharaoh for the second time. And then the king asked for, when the king asked for a miracle, he was playing with them. Show me a miracle. So Aaron threw down his rod and it became a snake. Okay? Now how many think that would be a Whoa, he just threw down his stick, and it's a snake. You pick it up. No, you pick it up. You pick it up. And somehow the Egyptian magicians duplicated that feat, whether by sleight of hand or demonic, it's unclear. But in a preview of what is about ready to happen, all of Moses's Aaron's snakes, you know, they ate up all of Pharaoh's snakes. Okay? <laughs> and... But meanwhile, Pharaoh's heart is becoming progressively harder. Now, there's two truths that I want to just give you kind of as I wrap this up. Okay, and the worship team can come. And the first is this. Number one, when God wants to prepare a man to do a job for him, he is never in a hurry. Okay, did you hear that? <sighs> Anybody ever get impatient? You know, it's like, oh, God, just come on, help me with this. And when we started this journey, Moses had not been born. And as we come to this part of it, he's 80 years old. Some of you, you haven't even arrived yet. You're just a newbie. And God says, I'm still working. How many know that no matter how old you get, God's still working on you? And 80 years is a long time to discover God's will. 80 years is a lifetime to most of us. It took God 80 years to get Moses ready. But I want you to see this. Looking back, he could see that nothing had been wasted. Not his education in Egypt. Not his sojourn in the desert. Both prepared him for the greatest challenges of his life. His education prepared him to face Pharaoh. His desert years prepared him to lead the people of Israel. You know, out into the desert for 40 years. And his past toils laid the foundation for his future victories. And I want to just tell you, never try to vault over the small seasons in your life. Oh, Lord, you're not using me very much. And, you know, and I remember getting, you know, Lord, why don't you use me like my parents? Or why don't you use me like my brother or my sister? Or, you know, we look and compare ourselves. And God says, quit comparing yourselves. Utilize the seasons that you're in for God to use you. Okay? You know, if you 
want to raise bean sprouts, you can do it in a week, but if you want to raise oak trees, it takes a lifetime. And uh, no one likes to wait, especially me. But the Bible repeatedly encourages us, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, some of you just saying, I just so, feel so impatient. God just said, just wait, wait, wait on the Lord. It means getting out of the way so God can act. That's just what it means. Let God lead. Be patient. Don't get ahead of God. And I want you to be encouraged today. I hope that this word encourages you. The second thing is, when God wants to prepare a man for leadership, and listen to this, his best tool is adversity. His best tool is adversity. A.W. Tozer said it this way, It is doubtful that God can use any man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Ah, man, when I read that, I was like, oh, wow, God, yeah. But how many know it's true? Unless you've gone through some deep fire, deep darkness, or deep whatever, you know, I, I don't ever even want to hire anybody unless I smell smoke on them. You know, <laughs> have you been through some trial? Have you been through some difficulty? You know, have you, have you, how have you endured the fires of your life? And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the good times. How many enjoy the good times? But let me just tell you, in God's economy, we learn more at midnight than we do at high noon when the sun is shining. You know, when the skies are dark and clouds are out and difficulties are in, man, that's when we get on our knees and beg for God from heaven to come down. And um, you see it in Moses' life. And, you know, I know it in my own life. God has done it that way. You know, when the pandemic hit uh, America, it started in China in 2019, then it comes over to America in March, I think, uh, 16th, 17th, somewhere in that vicinity, 2020, everything started getting locked down. You know, no one knew what was ahead. And it was two hard years. Come on, how many know it? And a lot of pastors didn't make it through this, to be honest with you. A lot of churches didn't. And I know churches that are still struggling. And uh, no one knew what the future is going to bring, but I want to repeat something. You know, Christians, we're going to go through problems, but we should be the calmest people out there because we know the Lord. I know the Lord, and He holds my hand. And as we move out of here, you know, today, let this be our motto. No fear, no doubt, no hesitation. I'm going to just follow God and God, you've taught me a lot of things. How many in this room, God has taught you a lot of things? I've come a long way. I've come a long, I'm still in God's, you know, blender. You know, hard times and spiritual growth go together. And it was true for Moses, it's true for us. And as I look at Moses' life, I'm looking at my own life and saying, God, wow, you did this for him, you're doing this for me. And and God, you're at work, and, and, and when I have adversity in my life, that just shows me God is really at work. And it may, may take a while. How many of the road may be bumpy? You know, I've been out with some of the guys with their Jeeps up in the road, the mountains here, you know, and they're crazy out there driving the way they drive, and it's bumpy, you know, and you feel like you're going to get rolled out of the Jeep. But, you know, here God says the road might get a little bumpy, but just, just, just hang on, hang on, because you're going to get to the promised land. And um, I want to wrap it up this way. If, um, 
you're going through an impossible situation right now in your life, I just want you to stand up. You're going through a rough patch right now. I want you just to stand up. You're going through a hard place. Come on, others in this room, that you're going through a difficult situation in your life. You know, where you just are having to deal with walls and, you know, you're having to deal with all sorts of things. I, I just want you to stand where you are. Just stand where you are. And I'm going to ask right now if you would look around church. In fact, let's do this, please. Those of you that are standing, if you just come and just stand here. Just let's do it this way. Those of you that are standing, just come here and just stand with me. Just come and stand with me. Just make one line here. Make one line. One line across this way, please. You're going through some difficult times right now. And uh, the rest of us, would you just stand, please? Now, I'm going to ask for uh, elders, if you're here, pastors, if you're here, godly leaders, that if you're here, just come and stand behind each one of these people that, you know, I, want, I would like someone to stand behind each one of them and just, we're going to pray. Abby, can we sing that song, I'm going to pray for you? And So let's just listen to this song right now, okay? Need uh, somebody over here. Sing, sing. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurt and in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do. In desperation, I seek heaven and pray this for you. I pray for your healing. Yes. The circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside will flee in Jesus' name. I pray that it break. Today, I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I speak the name of all authority, declaring blessings. Every promise is faithful to keep. I speak the name no grave could ever harm. He is greater, he is stronger, he's the God of possible. I pray for your healing, the circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside will flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. 
Just worship him, church. We just worship. We just worship. Come on, lift your hands, dear Lord. We surrender the impossible to you right now. We surrender the impossible. For those of you that are online right now, just surrender right where you are. You're dealing with impossible situations, but God is. God can. God will. Lord, we just lift your name up, Lord God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Almighty God, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, we come into your presence. Lord, we sit at your feet. Lord, we come and we say, holy, holy, holy. Lord, you are our God. You are our King. Lord, you are our Lord. We just trust you, God. We just trust you, God. Lord, we worship you, we worship you. Abby, just sing that chorus again. I pray for your healing. And circumstances would change. I pray, pray that, that the fear inside of me in Jesus' name. I pray that a pray. Today, I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
great power in the name of Jesus. When we don't know what to say or how to pray, just speaking his name, that power and the Holy Spirit just fill upon you. Be not afraid, for he's going before you, behind you, on either side. He is with you. He's with you always to the end of this earth. Trust in Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Well, God's good. Uh, you know, I hope that you were encouraged and your faith level went up today. And, and uh, you know, God's going to go with you. I'm going to put a blessing on you today. If you need prayer, or if you want to give your heart to Jesus, or, you know, you need prayer, there'll be some prayer workers, altar, workers uh, elders down here. And so let me just uh, put a blessing on you as you go today. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance on you and give you peace. And together we ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision that you could.